Well, that didn't turn out as planned, now did it? Thank you. Thank you for taking the time and giving attention to some thoughts from the mind of God shared with the mind of man. Whether you're a first-time listener or you've been with us all along the way, we greatly appreciate you. This effort is a part of the outreach of the Church of Christ in Ben, Arkansas. We'd love to hear from you. Email's the best way to drop us a line, radio at benchurchofchrist.org. Without a doubt, we are a planning bunch of creatures and get really upset when things don't go as planned. Since shortly after creation, man has seemingly had a great sense of curiosity of God all along the way. God revealed things in various manners through various means and has in these last days, the Hebrew writer tells us in chapter one, spoken unto us through his son. When Moses was on the mountain getting the first set of the Ten Commandments, the people were at the base of the mountain creating an image that would represent their God that had delivered them. How did they know what kind of image to make? What kind of creation would their creator desire? Seems they had to figure all of this out as it had not been quite revealed by Jehovah God. On the other hand, we have many examples where very specific instructions were given. Noah, for instance, the preacher of righteousness, was given very specific plans for an ark that would save the utter destruction of all that God had created. And thus did Noah according to all that God commanded in Genesis chapter 6 and also chapter 7. We have Naaman, known for the dreaded disease, leprosy. When told what he needed to do to be cleansed of leprosy, dip in the Jordan River seven times, he went away mad, recorded in 2 Kings 5. Behold, I thought, the text reads, that the prophet would come out and strike his hand over the place and the healing would take place. He had a plan of how things would go, and that was not the plan given, and he was not happy about it. Christ came on the scene, ushering good news. Massive amounts of prophecies were being fulfilled, but things were not going as planned for a few of those, and these supernatural events as they took place, that also kind of changed their line of thinking. As we have discussed Christ began teaching about what it would be like to follow him, and this was not according to the plan of the majority. They knew what a kingdom was like and what he should be if he was to be a powerful king, and seeing as this was the Son of God, just how much more powerful of king could one be? And what would that be for all that follow him? Those that had opportunity to be a part of the Roman kingdom at its height was about as good as it could get, and this was possibly what they were pondering as Christ appeared on the scene. Christ on the throne, nations lining up to bring him goods and services because no one can defeat the Son of God, and those that follow him certainly would have greatness cast their way as well. Yet from the onset, things did not go as planned. His birth was not exactly as a great leader would be brought into this world. His parents, well, his father was a carpenter, you know, not exactly royalty. So as people began to piece together how things should go based on their ideas, their disappointment continued to grow and grow. Christ as king at what could have been the great start to a tremendous climb to the top, he met with those closest to him and discussed what was going to happen next. Consider some of the comments he made regarding in Matthew chapter 10. Behold, I send you out as sheep 
in midst of the wolves. So be shrewd as serpents and innocent and doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you over to the courts and flog you in their synagogues. And you will even be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you over, do not worry about how or for what you are to say, for it will be given to you in the hour of what you are to say. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of the Father speaks in you. And brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child, and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all men because of my name, because it is the one who has endured to the end that will be saved. But whenever they persecute you in this city, flee to the next. For truly I say unto you, you will not finish going through the cities of Israel until the Son of Man comes. Then verse 28, do not fear those who kill the body, but who are unable to to kill the soul. Verse 34, do not think that I am come to bring peace on the earth. I am not come to bring peace, but a sword. I am come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be members of his household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Who has found his life will lose it. And he who has lost his life for my sake will find it. Wow. That was almost verse after verse after verse following some of the statements that Christ made about those that would be following him. At the celebration of the Passover festival, where Christ established the memorial that we recognize as the Lord's Supper, he outlined a few things that would soon come to pass. His capture, his trial, his torture, and ending in his death, and then followed by the resurrection. Not exactly what those around the table had planned. These all were sayings as we just looked at in one sitting, not exactly a lap of luxury at the feet of the king. We have talked about the impact that this has had on many in recent lessons. Even some of those closest to him were challenged by some of the teachings, not as planned. There were a couple of other examples. After the death, burial, and resurrection, prior to his ascension to his father, Christ was on earth for a period of time, witnessed by a number of people, over 500 at one time, we read. One of those was his fisherman apostle, Peter. In John chapter 21, we read in beginning in verse number one, after these things, Jesus manifest himself again to the disciples of the Sea of Tiberias, and he manifest himself in this way. Simon Peter Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel, Cana Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. I think it too much of an assumption to think that he was completely turning his back on Christ, as we will see in just a bit. But he had taken in a lot. A lot of things possibly didn't go his way. And the time came, he said, I'm getting on my boat and I'm going fishing. And the others came along and said, we also will come with you. They went out about 100 yards, it says, at night, and they were catching nothing. And the verse says, but when the day was breaking, Jesus stood on the beach, yet his disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus spoke to him and asked if they'd caught any fish. Nope. He said, cast the net on the other side. That's where they are. Well, Consider how odd that is. Nonetheless, they obeyed, and the catch was great. John, one of the members on the boat, recognized that the person on the shore was Christ and told Peter. Peter jumped out of the boat and swam to shore to be with 
Christ. And Christ basically told him to go back in the boat, help gather the fish. Not as planned. Around the same time, we read of two men walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus. It's about seven miles. They were discussing what had just happened to Jesus the Christ. The death, the crucifixion, the trial, all of that. While they were talking, Christ came to them, though they didn't recognize him. He asked, what were you talking about? Their answer is interesting. Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which have happened here in these days? And Christ said to them, Luke 24, 19, what things? They said, the things about Jesus, the Nazarene, who was a mighty prophet indeed, and word in the sight of God and all the people, and how the chief priest and our rulers delivered him to the sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, it's the third day since all of these things happened. Things did not go as planned. Christ, again, still not recognized, responded. He said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Christ interpreted to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. He did what? He went back and went through the plan that had been given over centuries before that they knew, but they had missed. Their plans had overshadowed the actual plan. It was there. We can see it certainly in the prophecies, but it took a master teacher to walk them through each point along the way and correct their vision to the true plan. The kingdom of which we are a part of references us as pilgrims, as aliens, as travelers. We're just passing through, looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. We're not establishing a home. We're not taking root. This earth is temporary, and much of the teachings of Christ and the apostles relate to this. Basic things are covered again and again. The important things, love God, fear God, keep his commandments, love your neighbor as yourself. The word servant is used over and over. Bow, confess, worship, be humble, have the mind in us that was in Christ. All of these things not in plan for the kind of kingdom we want, though. So here we are at a times past the prophecies after the deliverance of God's son, fulfilling the plan of God in the final words of Christ before his death. It is finished. What? It. The plan. Ephesians 1 says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us, as we've talked about in the past, to adopt us into his family by bringing us to himself through Christ Jesus. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Of all people, I believe possibly Paul got it. His perspective over and over was, I'm just a vessel. And the longer he went, the more empty that vessel became. Several times he outlined all of the things that had happened to him, and it seems like he was getting emptier and emptier the closer his end came. So in the end, he had nothing in order to have it all. 
We close in 2 Corinthians. Even as our gospel is veiled, verse 3 of chapter 4, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is in the image of God, the plan. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your slaves for the sake of Christ. For God, who said light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give light of the knowledge, the plan, of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves, in every way afflicted, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always caring about in the body the dying of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our body. For we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Christ may be manifest in our mortal flesh, the vessel. So death works in us, but life in you. But having the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke, we also believe, therefore we speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, so that the grace which is spreading to more and more people may cause the giving of thanks to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. And though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For our momentary light affliction is working out for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. That is the plan of our Jehovah God. Our time is gone. We thank you very much for joining us. We look forward to visiting with you next week at this time. Until then, we bid you a very blessed day.